and welcome to a special episode of the League One Lowdown podcast. In this episode we are going to discuss our best team from 11 players who have played in League One over the last 10 years. I'm your host Alex Broom and as always I'm joined by Matt Isles. Matt, how are you doing today? That's about Alex, how are you? Um, no, I'm alright, thank you. A bit, bit um, worse away after the Journalism Awards last night, but <laughs> we've got a needs must. And Joe, how are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. How are you? I'm not bad, thank you. Right. Um, okay, so for this, we, we the three of us are just going to pick um, a player. For, we're going 4 3 3 formation, just pick a player we think have been, has been worthy of getting in the best um, League One team of the last 10 years. But if um, we, if so for instance, if I say Yves Makalambe and then Joe also says Yves Makalambe, um, Joe will think of a different player just to. Like give a bit of variety to the teams. Otherwise, I think all three teams are pretty similar. You're both not going to say use Michael Lambert. He's definitely well, no. in mine. Yeah, he's 100 percent in mine. Just brilliant. Maybe right. maybe the worst team of the last ten years. Maybe <laughs> not the best. All right. So we'll start. We'll kick off with the three strikers. I'll come to you first, Matt. Who are you going to? How was your first striker? Well, I mean, I said last week on the podcast who I thought was the best player of the last ten years, and I. First person's got to be Ricky Lambert. His goal scoring record was phenomenal. Um, hit sort of just over 20 goals in sort of three consecutive years from obviously his time at Bristol Rovers and then his time at Southampton. He won the, he was second place in the league in 2011. He won the JPT in 2010 and his goals were, were vital for, for basically Southampton as they are now and, and the way that they've sort of fought from, from the clutches of, you know, going out of business. So he's definitely got to be the first person in there for me. How about you, Joe? Who's your first striker in your team? Uh, well, again, on the last podcast, I said the, um, the best player of the last ten years is probably Jordan Rhodes, and, and that for me is uh, definitely a strike I had in my sort of last team, of the, uh, best team of the decade. Um, in the 2011-12 season, he managed to hit 36 goals in 40 games. I mean, he's just uh, that season that always sticks in my mind. That season is uh, one of the great um, seasons for, for a striker in this level, um, and obviously he had ended up having a very successful career after that in the Championship with Blackburn. Um, so yeah, definitely for me, he's just got uh, that killer instinct to put a goal, and yeah, he'd definitely be my team. Yeah, I agree. I did have both of those in my team, but my my other striker was Billy Sharp. In that season, which sticks out for me, is a 2016-2017 season at Sheffield United when they went up as champions. He scored just a stupid amount of goals, won the League One Player of the Year. In a team that got was it 100 points they got I think I think so yeah and it was just um, it is really nice to see because he had a bit of a the season before when Sheffield United were mid table under Nigel Adkins he he, he was a bit um, a bit dry for goals for the standards which he sets himself and he'd probably be the first to admit that that season wasn't good enough for Sheffield United at all but then Chris Wilder came in built the team around Billy Sharp he said on multiple occasions that he is the best player in the division and we need to get the best out of him. And they did exactly that. And then Billy Sharp scored 30 league goals that season and Sheffield United went up as champion. So he's, I think, definitely worthy of being in the best team in the last 10 years. So how about now, Matt? Who's your second striker? Well, obviously I had those two players you had in there, but I would say Jermaine Beckford. I think he sticks out in my mind in particular for, for when he was at Leeds, when they first came down. I think he had a loan at Scunthorpe and... In League Two, sort of just before Leeds came down to League One, everyone sort of had talk about him, but he hit goals for fun. The season 
2009-10 when they came second to Grace and he was superb. Everything he hit went at the back of the net and he was, you know, he scored the goal at Man United in the FA Cup as well, which sticks out of my memory bank. So he's he's got to be considered and I think he's very much underrated and then when he was in there with Preston, he scored a lot of goals under Grayson as well and sort of, you know, he's the only one who's really ever got the best out of him in his career. So he sticks out of my mind for the for the sheer amount of goals he did to get for Leeds um, sort of from 2007 to, to 2010. And the hat-trick in the player final as well for Preston. Yes, so it's Swindon, yeah. Massive, massive goals to get them up. Joe, who's your second striker? Well, Beckford wasn't my team, um, just due to the uh, him doing it for sort of more than one club as well. I think that's important. Leeds and Preston uh, made a massive impact for them. Um, but another player that I've got in mind, um, also sort of for that same reasoning, that they have done it over various clubs, uh, Warsaw, MK Dons, Wigan, now um, Sunderland, uh, Will Grigg, um, yeah. scored 44 league, league One goals for, for Wigan, scored 20 goals in this division for MK Dons. Yeah, again, uh, talk about killer instinct, you know, in this division, if you present one player with a chance, and you know, a golden chance, you know, you'd want it to fall to, to Will Grigg out of everyone in the division, in my opinion. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean... I remember when uh, Oxford uh, played Wigan a few a couple of years ago and we lost 7-0. Just everything, everything he hit went at the back of the net. It was it was unbelievable how ruthless he was in front of goal. And again, you know, in terms for his sort of contribution for many years in this division, you could you know you could argue that he's never really done it above there in the championship when he's gone up there. Um, for Wigan, it's not really been. He's never really hit the heights or the expectation. Um, but in this division, I just think over the last few years, I just can't think, any, think of anyone who's been as consistent in this league as Wilbur. That's yeah, it's all very, very true. What you said, he's been a player who has found League One probably the level which he, which he, his game is at. He's never, as you say, never really kicked on in the Championship. But I'm not too sure if that's due to him or just the teams who're playing him, maybe not giving him enough chances. But maybe a Sunderland win the playoffs will find out if he can do it next season. Um, my second striker is Sam Winnell. I think when Barnsley got promoted in the 2015-16 season, he scored 24 league goals, and then he also scored a couple in the playoffs against um, Walsall. And he's just—he was such a clinical finisher for that team. But that team started quite slowly. They started um, the season; they were bottom of the table in late November, and ended up getting promoted. So in the second half of the season, Winnell was literally on fire. He's just bagging goals from. All sorts of angles. He scored. I think he scored like five or six braces in that part of the season, and he um just he was just a proper proper centre forward. He he's a sort of player where you, as Joe was saying about Greg, if you, if you get a chance, you just knew he's going to tuck it away. I'm, one goal that really sticks out for me was um his his uh, first goal against um no not his second goal. I think it's his second goal against Walsall in the playoffs. He um latched onto a ball, ran past two defenders, just rolled it so ca- so calmly round the keeper that it just went into the net in slow motion. And I think he's a sort of finisher which you, which which sticks out at this level, very good in the air as well. And that season with Barnes, even though that's probably his only proper good season in League One, I think that's enough mm. to put him yeah. into my team. Yeah. I'd say. Right. I was just going to say that you know it's only really really been one season that he's had that's, that's been stand out. Just looking at his sort of record now, and his season before for Barnsley was sort of nine and thirty-two, and he had a lone stint at Shrewsbury where he didn't score a goal, you know, maybe that could fall down. But I, I do remember that season with Barnsley. He was just so potent in front of goal. Um, it was a really it was a great season and a massive part of why they got promoted that season, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he was well, one of the best um, second half to a season which any players had yeah, in League One, in my opinion. Yeah. So, Matt, who's your third striker? 
Um, I was actually going to include uh, Craig McHale-Smith. I think, sort of going on the theme of consistency, I think you look at him, Peterborough under Darren Ferguson, when they were in League One, were just this attacking machine. They'd go out and if, if one team got four, they'd get five. The other team gets five, they'll get six. Um, I mean, his stats are... I mean, I don't know what his stats are, but I would imagine they're pretty frightening. Um, you know, he still, you know, scored a couple of goals at the level with the likes, I think, of Luton. Uh, I think he might have scored a couple with Wickham this season. I could be wrong on that. But, yeah, he scored a few um, You know, but when he was at Peterborough, he was lightning quick. He'd get in behind defenders and, you know, like all good strikers, he just would put the ball in the back of the net on a regular basis. So, I think, for me, that's that's why he's in the team, just, and, just for that fact. And he won the League One Player of the Year as well, so that's mm. always, like, for a striker to win that. Usually it is a forward, but you've got to really think about those sort oh, of yeah. players to put in the team, for sure. How about you, Joe? Who's your... Second, uh, oh, third striker, well, sorry. Yeah, well, I've gone with, he's not really a striker, he's a forward, it's Pakari Sacco. Um, just like the season he had with Wolves, just it, basically when Wolves got relegated that season under, under Dean Saunders, um, they went into League One with basically a team that just, it was a championship team in League One that season. You know, you look at, I was just looking, when I was doing research for this, I was looking back through the P, um, PFA team of the year, and that season where Wolves were in League One, it's just basically all Wolves players in the League One um, team of the year. And I remember that season, they ran away with it, and Bakary Sacco was just um, absolutely incredible. He's gone on to play in the Premier League, Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, amazing. But just on um, Mikel Smith, you know, again, I can't really argue with his inclusion either, really, to be honest, because he's a, he's a player that I'm a big fan of, you know, chasing down defenders, run all day for you. Those are the players I like, you know, looking back at, you know, Hilton and Mackey, I've seen um, close to home Oxford over the years. You know, I love players like that. And, um, yeah, I remember he had a really good run with, with Peterborough. Um, and obviously, you know, you look at some of these players' contributions. You know, when they get um, play, uh, when they get to their teams promoted, promoted, they help get their teams promoted. I should say, um, that's obviously a big reason why they should be included as well to help their team. Obviously, do do great things. And obviously, Michael Smith, Sacco, have both done that. Yeah, and I'm gonna on my third striker. I'm gonna stick with that theme actually, and it's a player who's won the League One Player of the Year this season. I'm going with James Collins. I think, as Joe said, if you're if you're a forward and you're scoring the goals to get your team promoted, then you're automatically going to be a worthy contention to be in a team like this. And Collins has got 25 league goals to date. He's also his form's been recognised in the third tier. He's been called up to the senior Ireland squad, which I can't really think of many other players to get to Ireland from League One. I'm not sure if Conor Hall handed. I think he might have just missed out. There's Ronnie uh, Curtis as well, wasn't there? I think did he? Yeah. He's been capped for Ireland, I think, uh, this this uh, season. Well, yeah, it, he's still yeah. rare, isn't it? He's it? still very rare. It shows um, how well Collins has done this season. He's just scored goals from all angles. He's been Luton's go-to man. When if they were like in the back foot of the game, they know that they only need to create half a chance for Collins. They might be able to stick it away and be able to score a goal from nothing. He scores all sorts of goals as well. He's he can head the ball. He's He's a good penalty taker. He's a bit of a poach inside the six-yard box, and it's no—it's no fluke that I think a lot of his goals have been tappings. But that, that's not a bad thing at all. Because if your striker's getting in the position to be able to find himself free in the box and score into an empty net, I think that's only a good thing. So I remember someone having criticising it's a bit of strange powers and Harry Kane's goals at the World Cup, but. The fact he found that space in the penalty area to make the chance easy for himself, I think that yeah. just shows how good a player a striker like that can be. And that's exactly what Collins has done this season. And then Luton got promoted last night, of course. And it's, it's just been... It's been it's, it made the step up from League 2 to League 1 so well. Because he, you, could, you could probably say um, Hilton maybe was their, more of their main man yeah, last year. But now they're just... They, they, they're, they're, um, Luton are alternating whoever partners Collins like it's Collins and someone else whether it's Luar Luar um, 
Cummings or Hilton, they 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 play around Collins. He is their main man, and they've they've got promoted, and I think he's definitely a worthy inclusion for me. Right, mm, so now. Similar to Grigg in a way, isn't it? But um, it just happens and stuff. But you know. Yeah, um, it's it's the sort of trait you want your striker to have. You don't want your stri- I don't really. I'd rather my striker scores tappers and thirty yard screamers. It's just going to be more consistent. You know, you can rely on him to get a chance out of nothing. Right, so on to the midfield now. I think all three of us are going with four three three, aren't we? Yes. Uh, so, Matt, who's your first midfielder? Well, um, uh, I personally put in a man who's had a really good career to date, um, and it's someone who's played for Leeds, it's Johnny Howson. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in particular that Leeds team sort of within the three years in League One, um, and they obviously used to come down to the to Memorial Stadium and you know, he would stand out as well as the team. I think they were, they were a class above. And how it took them three years to get out of the division, I'm, I'm not so sure, because they had some phenomenal players. But he just stood out, and you know, his, his games never sort of deteriorated. I think since I first saw him as a young kid when he was at Leeds to what he is now playing for Middlesbrough, and obviously he, he had a good couple of years in the Premier League with Norwich. So he's had a really good career to date, and you know, he, he just stands out in my mind not for that, but by the way he played and the way that he. Uh, stood out and, and stuff like that. He controlled the midfield. He ran with the ball. He was a box-to-box man. He was arguably far too good for for playing in the third tier in that lead side. I think that it shows as well that he was ab- above the level because he has gone on to play in the Premier yeah. League. He's played at higher levels, and that that's always a good a, a good sign that you are too good for the level you're in if you're going to play higher up not not long after in your career. No. So Joe, is you, does your um, first midfielder stick onto that theme of possibly playing higher after? You played in League One? Yeah, it certainly does. Um, my, midfielder, my first midfielder, I should say, is uh, Deli Alley, who's obviously probably in recent years gone further than anyone, I think, in League One. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the 14-15 season, it was a real breakout season for him in League One, 16 goals in 39 games. Was was part of a real potent front three in, in uh, Franke Dons, was it Grigg and Afobe, I think, was in there as well. Mm-hmm. Just um, an incredible front three for this level. And um, obviously he's gone on to play at a ridiculously high level for um, <coughs> sorry for um, the Tottenham in England and um, he's obviously you know a, a great player technically probably one of the best players to play in League One since I've been watching um, watching that division and yeah I mean in terms of you know on that theme of players that have gone on to play in the Championship of the Premier League with like House and I think House and's great shout out to fair. Um but Deli Ali has gone on to play in the Champions League and World Cups and you know, in quite a short space of time as well. You know, it was only a few years ago that he was in League One. It wasn't as if it was like we're talking ten years ago here. We're talking, you know, what three, four, five years ago. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely my team, uh, team of the decade, without a doubt. It might, might, might be the only midfielder. I'm sorry, the only League One former League One player to score in a World Cup quarterfinal. I can't think of any others. Which yeah, is like probably. one of the biggest, one of the biggest stages of all, and. He scored in a quarter-final of the World Cup, so he's definitely a worthy inclusion. My first midfielder is um, Bradley Dack. I think it's important. He's played, He's done it for two different clubs in the league. He's won League One Player of the Year twice in 2015-16 and then last year, 17-18. And with Gillingham, there, there was a sort of a side. Like, if, if you're winning the League One Player of the Year award and you're playing for Gillingham, which I don't, I don't want to disrespect them, they're sort of a mid-table team. You're not really like they never really push the playoffs or anything when they had Dak, and you're still getting recognised as the best player in the league. I think that shows how good you really have to be. Because usually, as we've seen in the last couple of years, a player who does win Player of the Year is um you go they get promoted their teams up near the top end of the table. 
but Dak was when Jennings side that finished in mid table he was um he got stood out as um the best player and he's the sort of midfielder who he, he's very very good in the ball he's very skillful he's um a good playmaker he's got, he's got a great passing range and then more so since he's moved to Blackburn he's added goals to his game and he's been absolutely he's been sensational he's played I think he's Blackburn's top scorer in the championship this season he just shows that he is a top, top player and I think he's definitely worthy of an inclusion of the best team in League One in the last 10 years. Matt, have you got your second midfielder? Uh, sticking with the Leeds theme, uh, going with Bradley Johnson. Um, as I said with Housen, I think you know his, his, his game has never gone away from him, how he plays from when he was sort of with Leeds as a young kid to, to being you know at Norwich and being at Derby you know being this sort of feisty tough tackling player but very good on the ball as well as I should add but you know him and you know him and Housen I think they had such a good partnership together how they would you know really work it together Housen would do the running whilst Johnson would almost you know stay back and uh, you know he would do do the the, the dirty work perhaps the work that doesn't get so no, so much noticed on on the pitch but you know, I think that's what makes it stand out for me, the fact that, you know, he was he was part of such a, a successful team. Um and, and yeah, that that's that's a very good reason as to why he he'd be in my team, no doubt about it. Yeah, I can't argue that. I think he's a worthy inclusion. Joe, have you got your second midfielder? Um, I've got for a slightly different slightly more attacking and it's um Matt Ritchie. Um actually most of his career has been in the lower leagues. I remember when he was at Swindon and he was at League, League One, League Two, and he's gone on to have a, a real sort of late surge in his career um, towards the Premier League, obviously with Bournemouth um, getting in there and, and now with Newcastle. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's definitely been. He, he, you, know, you look at his goals and um, in, in that league, he got into uh, the PFA Team of the Year um, in what, 2012, I think it was. So yeah, he's definitely been again, you know, on that theme of players that have gone on to have. Um, uh, you know, great, great careers afterwards. That's not the only thing. Obviously, you know, there have been players who obviously gone on, to, um, gone on loan or something to a League One clubs to play maybe a few games. But you know, these players, um, like, like I was saying earlier, Deli Ali and, um, and Matt Ritchie, they've gone on obviously to, uh, you know, they've had great seasons in League One and then gone on um, to great things. So yeah, he's definitely um, in there for me. Yeah, my next midfielder sticks with a similar sort of theme to you. I'm, I'm going to go with um, Wes Houlihan. He was um, a He was part of that Norwich team that won back-to-back promotions, which is um, obviously, of course, quite big. If you're getting promoted two seasons in a row, then you're you're quite clearly a good team. You you got the, you keep the momentum and you do well. And he got in. He was in the PFA team the season in 2009-10 when Norwich got promoted from League One. He scored 14 goals in midfield, which is is a, is, a, is a lot like for whatever level you're in mm. it's just a lot of goals to score and he was Norwich's main man Like he, he's, he had a very long stint with the um, East Anglian club he's he's, um, he's idolised there by their fans even though he's left now and he's, he's a sort of player he's um, in a way quite similar to Dak he's creative he can um, he sort of plays in behind the main striker can make a chance out of nothing and he's quite he's quite tricky and good on the ball as well which is it was a massive, massive part of why Norwich did get those two promotions was his um, Houlihan's good form. And I think he's... I, think, oh, I definitely yeah. think he deserves to have a yeah, mention. Yeah. That's a really good shout, yeah. Really good shout. Arzi, how about you? Well, I mean, unfortunately, I'm having to put someone in there who isn't necessarily a winger, but I'm going to go with George Boyd. Nice, um, good shout. I think, you know, when you talk about Peterborough, he was 
real centre point in, in them being successful. You know, if he had a good season, Peterborough would go up to two or three places more than what they were expected to. Um, you know, him, Mikhail Smith and McLean sort of in the early sort of uh, 2010s, you know, 2011, that sort of period in League One, they were frightening to play against the amount of goals they scored and created. And, um, you know, they, they were a brilliant watch. And his career seen him, you know, playing the Prem, Hull and Burnley. And, you know, whilst his his legs might have gone in terms of pace. He's still got a great eye for a cross. Uh, he's a good good striker of a football. Um, and, you know, I think especially in his prime when he was with Peterborough, yeah. that is, that's enough for me to, to put him in the team because he was such a, a, a strong... Uh, a strong player for them, and he was key in them getting out of the division twice, sort of within um, the last sort of ten years or so. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a very good shout. I didn't didn't think of him to be fair. So, Joe, who's your final midfielder? Uh, I've got to say, Boyd evaded at me as well. I didn't think of that one. But um, my last midfielder is Adam Alana. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about um, that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's obviously had a great career. It was a bit of a toss-up between him and Oxley Chamberlain, of course, was sort of set up to at the same time. Um, but I went for Lalana because in the 0-9-10 season he got 15 goals. I think he was a pivotal part in their sort of um, surge towards the Premier League under Nigel Atkins. Um, obviously went on to, to have a great, you know, decent career with Liverpool as well. Um, I think back in these days he was more of a, a wide player. I'm, I'm right say. I think he was a bit of a winger and sort of moved centrally um, over the years. But yeah, he was a, a great player in those um, in those years to Southampton when they were, of course, in League One, which seems a long, long time ago now. Um, but yeah, Adam Lallana for me definitely is in, in my team. Um, team of the decade, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's another one when is a key part of Southampton's double promotion as well. And I think Absolutely, when you do yeah. get double promotions, I think yeah. it does show how good the squad is because yeah. you can not only compete the level you're at, but also the level above, which is obviously um, a good good thing. Um, I had a toss up for my final midfielder between two, and the two I had it between was Jason Punchin and Robert Snodgrass. But I am, yeah, I about I'm, I'm leaning towards punching actually because mm. again he did it at a couple of clubs. He was he played for Milton Keynes Dons. He played for um, mm, Southampton yeah. at the level and similar to Lallana in a sense. He was part of that double promotion squad. Which I, I know I keep banging on about this point. But if you if you get into, you literally are capable of playing at the level above and higher. But you that you're gonna get you get your you obviously top top you finish. How can I get my words out? The, the, your side finishes in the top. Um, part of both divisions. <laughs> See, then just walking outside. <laughs> and, um, Compose yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he's gone on to play um, in the Premier League for Southampton, Palace, and Huddersfield. Now, even though perhaps one of his more famous things is when he went to the toilet in the middle of the match. <laughs> that's, that's what most people remember him for now. But he's a, he's a he's a good player. You, can, you can't deny he's a good player. He was um. Is Southampton's um, main man for a while. Definitely, MK Don's is um, key player for a bit, and then is he's sort of as uh, his career's gone on, he's been um, found himself like not so much as part of the setup at St Mary's. So he went to Palace, and then this sort of similar thing happened there. He wasn't quite getting as much game time as he wants. He went to Huddersfield, and now it's he got relegated. And I'm, I don't know what's next in store for him. I think in League One, he's definitely worthy of being in the team of the decade. Right. We're on to the defence now. Yep. Should we start with the full-backs? Which one? Right uh, I'll let you pick, Matt. Well, I'll go with right. Um, I'm going to go with Simon Francis. Um, he's played at three clubs at the level. I think it's South, uh, South End, obviously Charlton and Bournemouth. And especially with Charlton and Bournemouth, you know, he really excelled for them. And I mean, it just goes to show, you know, he was with Bournemouth, I think the year they got out of the league, of league one 
played every game in League One, played every game in the Championship, and he's virtually, uh, you know, an ever present in the Premier League. So it just goes to show how good how good a player he actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, he isn't the the most of attacking fullbacks defensively. I think he's very switched on. You don't see nowadays a lot of defensive fullbacks. Um, he's a real leader, good character. I think he's probably what you'd want in every dressing room um, at a football club. You know, uh, he, he's a very very good player, and I just think. You know the years he had in the division um, should go unnoticed. So that's that's the reason why he's in the team, for me anyway. Yeah, I he's one of use on my shortlist. So I definitely agree with you there, Joe. Who's your right back? Yeah, I think France is probably uh, probably a good shout. But my alternative um, suggestion to that is Sam Ricketts. Oh. Um, <laughs> of course, I'd um, was there for Wolves in that promotion season. I think. If in doubt, just go to that Wolves team, basically, is the, the, the logic I'm going for here. Um, but yeah, he was really solid and also went on to play for uh, Coventry in League One as well. Uh, later on in his career, 15-16 was a present sort of in that season, 43 appearances um, in the league. And yeah, he's always been one of those sort of reliable players. Was Actually, um, a couple of weeks ago, was, um, he's obviously now uh, managing in League One, of course, for Shrewsbury. And he was sort of saying he was uh, very early on in his career was at Oxford and saying he was saying that you know his departure from Oxford really and going into non-league with um, with Telford really helped um, sort of rejuvenate his career and he's gone on to obviously to play in the Premier League with with Hull City and Bolton Wanderers and yeah obviously came came back to League One um, stayed with Wolves after their relegation from the Championship uh, or actually I think went there from Bolton um, but yeah went down there um, wasn't afraid to go down to League One and obviously performed probably head and shoulders above every other right-back in the league that season, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, no, he was, as you probably tell from my reaction, when Joe said Ricketts' his name, he was my other choice. But I'm actually going to go um, from this season's right-back and team this season, Jack Stacey. I think he's an absolutely phenomenal player. I love the way he gets forward so often. He almost plays as a winger, but they play quite narrow in the diamond in midfield. They don't have, like, natural wingers in their side, but they don't really need them when you've got... Um, Stacey flying down the right-hand side. He's made so many assists this season. A lot of them have been to James Collins as well. And I think he's a top, top player. I've heard um, as well that Luton were looking at... They slapped like, I think it was a £10 million price tag on him. I think I saw someone say on Twitter. Really? Well, I, I don't know if I'm a Luton fan, to be fair. But saying you want £10 million for right back, and I wouldn't even argue, to be fair. Like, he's, he's so important to the way they play. I think he's... Um, I think he's absolutely massive. I think you take I think you take Stacey out of that Luton team and a lot of Collins' goal dry up because they come from Stacey flying down the right. And I think you lose the balance as well because he he offers um he he's a, he offers um a lot defensively, but he's he's um he can play in midfield as well, he's quite versatile. And since since um, Nathan Jones Jones did convert him to a right back from a midfielder, he's just absolutely excelled in that position and he's completely um made that spot his own in the Luton team. He, and he's definitely, I think, worthy of being in the PFA team this season. Actually, I don't think he got in yet, did he? He got in the EFL one. I don't think he did get in the PFA team this season, to be fair. I think I know he got in uh, one of them. I think it was that Barnsley guy who got in. Cavari was yeah, I got, got in one of them. I, I, think think right yeah. I think that's ridiculous how he got in the stage, actually, but that's, a, mm. that's another tale. Yeah, right. To quote Lee Bowyer, it's absolutely better rubbish. <laughs> 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 right, so should we go to the other full-back then? Matthew, who's your left um, I've got going to go with the Bournemouth theme again and go uh, Charlie Daniels. Sorry, lads, if I took your uh, took your player. Um, I know Jay's got whatever. But again, well, so you know, it, it's it's basically the same as Simon Francis. Okay, he might you know not demonstrate the obvious leadership qualities that he shows on the pitch. He might have it off the pitch, um, but it, it doesn't get noted, so it's difficult to say. But you know, he's always a player. He's got a lovely left foot. Um, 
you know, I think if I remember rightly, he scored a couple of really good goals with them in League One with Orient and, and Bournemouth and people like that. He, can, he takes free kicks as well, very attack-minded, and you know, he's always he's a very he's a standout player. Plays virtually every other game for Bournemouth. Um, and it's the same as Francis. I was just continually been consistent in their team, especially under Eddie Howe, who's you know been there now in his second spell. What I think nearly seven years, I think it is. So, you know, and, and Daniels was one of his first signings back in his second spell. So it just goes to show that how um, how good he has actually been under Eddie Howe and how much of a, a trusted sort of servant he is to, to this Bournemouth team over the years. Yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, he's um, gone and in the Premier League as well so it shows of course that he's capable of playing further up and I think that's a very smart suggestion Joe who's your left back I have a feeling you're about to take mine again here yeah obviously um, I was sort of chose mine I was going to go for Charlie Daniels as well but um, my alternative suggestion to that is uh, is Joe Bryan from Bristol City um, I think in that season where, where Bristol City ran away with the league a couple of se- two seasons ago now under Steve Cottrell uh, the defence was an absolutely integral part of their success. Um, they really conceded goals, and I think Joe Bryan, who was very young at this point, um, I think he got their young player of the season that season, but he was a very integral part of that um, team. And yeah, I mean, obviously Daniels would have been, uh, would have been my first choice, um, simply because, well, I mean, you look back to that Bournemouth team, um, most of their defensively one is still playing for them regularly, so mm-hmm. yeah, he would have been my first choice, but Bryan is, a, is not a bad backup, obviously. Yeah, no, he um, was my choice as well, actually, like in the Premier League. Another player's gone on to play in the Premier League now. Um, my um, next, my left-back now isn't really what I call a headline grabber, but he's, um, what the word I'd use for him is consistent, and that's um, Dean Lewington of Milton Keynes yeah, Dons. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been at the club for, I think, well, ages, 2004, I think, like, he made his debut. Yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on his soccer base page now, and he did. So he's a bit of a Judas or whatever. Take your take your pick out of what you want to call him. There, I'm, I'm not gonna voice my opinions on the podcast about that, but I'm sure people might be able to guess what I think about that. Um, yeah, he's been an, a very reliable part of Milton Keynes' defence for well, nearly um, a decade and a half now. He's um, He's consistent. He's now moved into centre back. He got in the PFA team this season when um, I think it was 2008, 2009. So he just about qualifies, and he played um, every. I think he played every game when they um, got promoted in 2015 under Carl Robinson. So it shows that he's um, he's, he's um, a consistent player for the level. He's um, loyal. Well, I'm not sure you could say loyal to Milton Keynes Dons or Wimbledon, whatever. But he's um, a one club man. Well. Two club matter. Yeah, I think you know the point I'm trying to <laughs> take myself a hold. I think you know the point I'm trying to make. I think he's um he's idolised by Milton Keynes Dons fans. He's um still playing for them today. He's, I think he's their club captain, and he's he's just the sort of player like reliable and consistent. He's never going to really be your um left-sided Jack Stacey or um Joe Bryan or someone who's flying forward and overlapping your your winger. He's just there. Just he's a steady player. You know what you're going to get from him. He's, he's pretty solid. And I think he's probably worthy of being nominated for these teams. Right, so we've got our two central defenders now. Should we just list these to pairing? Because yeah, rather yeah. than just banging on about it. Yeah, I think so. So, Matt, who's your central defender? I had uh, Aidan Flint and uh, Jose Font. Um, 
sorry, sorry again, lads. Sorry. Um, we need to stop going to you first now. We're just taking everyone's suggestions. Don't hate me for it. Don't hate me for it. <laughs> well, I bet you Joe's going to go for Buddy Maguire, and I've got no one to pick, and I've got a gutter. Uh, no, but I just think um, they, they, as a parent, I think they'd be unbelievable. I think Fonte brought a real calmness to Southampton's defence. Um, it was a real sort of eyebrow raise when they signed him at the time because obviously, yes, Palace were in financial free-for-all and Southampton had got out the, the worst of it, but he dropped down a division when really he could have probably arguably played at a higher-end championship club. But, you know, he stayed there from League One to the Premier League like a lot of those Southampton players, um, tried tried it and you know pretty you know he's had he's forged a decent career out of it he's now playing for Portugal and um you know he, he was a good leader for Southampton and you know and he was for, for so many years um but Aidan Flint as well sticks out in my mind the goals he scored for Bristol City was phenomenal I think the year they, they won the league in 2015 I think he must have scored about uh, 10 plus goals um yeah exactly mm. so you know, just you, you'll never see those defensive scoring stats again. I mean, I'd, I'd love to know who, who's a close second or if anyone's ever beaten that in the third tier or, or League One. But, you know, he's he's a, a nuisance in the box. Um, he's not the greatest on the ball, but he's, he's an old-school centre-back and he's got, yeah, exactly. you know, such such attack-minded focus as well because he's always in the box and usually when the ball goes to him from a cross or a corner, he's usually heading that ball in the back of the net, so... Uh, those two would be my pair, and I think uh, I think they make one hell of a pair, and that's for sure. Yeah, Joe, who's your two centre halves? Then uh, my first one's going to be Harry Maguire, um, <laughs> and my next <laughs> my next one's going to be um, Dan Byrne as well, who's played for Yeovil and uh, Wigan. Um, mm-hmm. Maguire, pretty obvious reasons for that. Obviously, look at his career since he's gone to you know be an integral part um, for, for England and uh, Leicester. Um, but he did have two consecutive seasons of the PFA Team of the Year whilst at um, Sheffield United. Just a man mounted at the back. Um, love him for England. Um, great player. Uh, Ozzy did um, still Aiden Flint for me. I was going to go for him, but Dan Byrne um, actually um, last last season um, for, Wig- um, for Wigan um, was just phenomenal. Um, score of really important goals. Um, Ever present at the back. He formed a really strong partnership with Shay Dunkley. Um, and yeah, he was. He was um, Critical for them going up, but also he was um, crucial for for Yeovil when they got promoted to the championship and was part of their promotion-winning side in uh, 2012-13, um, playing 34 games for them whilst on whilst on loan from Fulham, I believe. So, yeah, I mean he's just somebody who's again for two clubs, helped you know been basically two seasons in League One. He's been promoted both times, and he's again another sort of man mouser at the back. Yeah, I think they're two very very worthy shouts. Um, I think my centre-half pairing actually play quite well together. You've got your left-sided and your right-sided. I'm going with Charlie Mulgrew and Kyle McFadden. Mulgrew, bit of, he was um, obviously known a bit of a free-kick specialist when he was played for Blackburn last season. Took um, He got in their team with the PFA team of the season. He scored 14 goals, which is across all competitions. But then he's a set-piece day because you'd probably expect that. Penalties as well, isn't Yeah, it? and he's got a clean left foot. He's good in the air. And I remember... Um, when Blackburn were relegated at the end of the 16-17 season, that Sheffield Wednesday tried really hard to sign him, and they're a team who finished in the playoffs that season in the Championship. So it shows the level which um, he's rated at, as if they, if they think he can play in a top six Championship team. And I, and I think he's um, a really good player. He's played Champions League football for Celtic. Not that that's um, why he's in the League One team of the season, team of the decade, but I think he 
he's um you, you can't knock back the goal contributions as well from your centre half like similar to Flint in a way if your centre back scoring I know Flint's mainly from set pieces and Mog Flint's heading them in for set pieces and Mogu's taking the set pieces you're still contributing to your team and he's a pretty mean defender as well he's part of um the Blackburn side which got promoted of course starting every game when he was fit which shows that he's um good enough to get promoted out of the division with the League One team. And then Carl McFadzine, he's um, been around the level a bit with Crawley, um, Milton Keynes-Dons and now at Burton. He's um, you're pretty much a sort of like, you're no nonsense centre-half. You're not going to be able to um, like shove him off the ball. He'll be able to bully the strikers. He's um, a proper, I'm not, yeah, you're, you're also a centre-half and he's done it for different clubs at the level and I think that's a big thing when you've got yeah. to think about team of the decade. Like, I, I know I had winner on my team, he just had that one really good season but I think with McFadden, he's had a lot of good seasons in League One yeah. and I've been to a few Burton Albion games this season and you can see why um, Nigel Clough made him when they got made to the Championship, like his main signing. Like they don't have the money to compete with other clubs at that level, and he made just one signing. That was McFadden from Milton Keynes Dons. I think he's a very worthy addition of this team of the decade. Right, finally we got a goalkeepers. Yep. I might as well just say one of you two is definitely going for Kelvin Davis. Which one of you is it? It's not me. Joe. Neither. What oh, brilliant! I've got Kevin Davison. Excellent. <laughs> Finally, so no one's no one's taking my player. Well, I'll start then. Um, yeah, he's been in the League One team this season twice, um, which is I think that just says all you need to know. And I think it, um, when you are a goalkeeper at this level, I think you're pretty much within a, to a certain extent like as good as one another. But if if you were much better, you'd be like playing in your Premier. Then when you get noticed, then you do. Like get pinched quite quickly. Like you look at Dean Henderson last season. He played. He had one super season Shrewsbury. Like that, he's gone to a club that's now got promoted out of the Championship in Sheffield United. So it's hard to find like a goalkeeper. Was at this level, they all are fairly similar in my opinion. Another Joe probably going to rave about Eastwood in a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I do like Kelvin Davis. He went and he played in the Championship, of course. Um, then Premier League of Southampton. And he's just a pretty solid and reliable goalkeeper. There's not really much more you can say as a keeper, in my opinion. This level is a keeper. That might be controversial to some. That's just the way I see it. And um, yeah, he's, I think he's mine. So who's yours, Arzy? Uh, I'm going to go with the goalkeeper in the team of the year now. Actually, I'm going to go Adam Davis. Um, a bit, bit of a bit of one probably thrown out of left field. Probably people listening will, will probably have their eyebrows raised, but. Uh, you know, I just think how he is as a goalkeeper, um, good with his feet very much, um, sort of fits into how Stender wants to play. They want to play the ball out from the back. He's not afraid to have the ball at his feet. Um, very nimble, very agile. You know, he gets around the, the, the box very, very well. He's a good leader. Um, and, you know, you never really hear anything bad said about Davis. And I think his goalkeeping and his sort of, and how good he's been and consistent has probably been another factor in how, and in how them and how they've had a good season and and them having I think one of the best defenses in League One and, and in the in the whole of the football league so that's that's why he's in the team for me. Yeah, I think I can't really argue that. I saw a little montage of his um, best saves in the season and I've got to say I didn't realise how good he was till I saw that. But I, but I thought he was maybe the weak link at Barnsley's side, which which may be a bit naive of me. But then I saw that little montage. He's made some absolute cracking saves that you you would expect maybe possibly even Premier League goalkeepers, which I know contradicted what I said earlier. But he's been in very good form for Barnsley this season, and it's not it's not a surprise that he's in the team of the years. Joe, is your goalkeeper Simon Eastwood then? 
Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> 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 um, well, I was a bit, I was sort of struggling with the goalkeeper one, so I just thought I'd go with somebody I know. Um, for me, it's like Eastwood is just a phenomenal keeper, um, in my opinion. And you look at sort of the times in the last two seasons, how poor Oxford have been, um, and he has just kept us, for me, him and James Henry kept Oxford in the division last season. And again, um, when he was injured at the early stage of this season, I had Carl Robertson talking about it a few weeks ago. You know, the, one of the big reasons why we struggled early on in the season is the absence of Simon Eastwood. He just makes such a massive, massive difference to the whole team. And I think you look through goal, goalkeepers of past season, I don't know how much of a difference um, they really make to the, to the whole team, but how much their presence, uh, you know, them missing, how much that would sort of affect them. With Oxford, it just affected us massively. And, you know, the past two seasons, he's been Mr. Consistent. And, um, yeah, maybe maybe I'm biased, probably am, but I'm going for Eastwood in there. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a worthy shout because he's been he's been very very yeah, good for that, yeah. Oxford. And, yeah, and as I was saying, I can keep at this level as a keeper. And if you like, if you're watching him week in week out, a goalkeeper is usually quite an easy position to criticise on the pitch, particularly at this yeah. level, because you are prone to making mistakes at this level. And Eastwood's been very very solid and reliable for Oxford. Is maybe when Oxford got promoted in the 15 the one position they really did lack was a quality goalkeeper. Was no Slocum and Bashel yeah. made their fair share of mistakes. If you yeah, had Eastwood, yeah. maybe you'd have. Um, Won the title over North Hamden that year. We we, we, we okay, never know, yeah. but your your goalkeeper was probably your weak link in that team. And then what Appleton did, he went out and signed a top top shot stopper, and he's been a good servant for the club ever since. And it was a point to prove as well. You know, Eastwood had been at Portsmouth, been at Blackburn. He was basically uh, yeah. he played second fiddle at Blackburn. So Appleton took a big big gamble in signing him. Obviously, I think he knew him very well from being at Portsmouth and Blackburn. So mm-hmm. he knew that he could obviously get the best out of him, and he did have a point to prove. And you know sort of adding on he's been probably arguably one of the best goalkeepers of the last two years I'd say since since yeah. Oxford have come up anyway I think he's he's been right up there and you know he, Joe's rightly put him into the team I think that's a very good suggestion yeah I'm, I'm surprised he um, hasn't been poached by a championship club to be honest I, I've yeah. seen see some of the saves yeah. he makes yeah and, uh, he won't be this summer <laughs> <laughs> well it could be <laughs> he, he makes some really really impressive saves and I, I do think he's a very good goalkeeper and his, his distribution seems pretty pretty well as well I remember when I watched um Oxford Wickham is doing the right opposite of what Macalamba is doing, just throwing the ball out quickly, <laughs> starting the counter attacks, and then not and just um <laughs> just being a key part of Oxford's counter attacks. However, I've got to give an honourable mention to Is Macalamba. I probably probably should have put him in my team actually. He he, he can be the manager yeah, actually. Well, my, the manager of my team is Is Macalamba. Okay. I was, I was, who's your manager? Um, there's, there's been a lot, hasn't there? Obviously, Chris Wilder's managed. Uh, you've had Steve Cottrell. Both had real good attacking teams, probably the best entertaining teams. But I'm going to go with a man who's virtually done it with a lot of teams he's been with, and that's Simon Grayson. Mm. Um, Blackpool, Leeds, Huddersfield and Preston, four promotions. Um, OK, Blackpool was obviously a bit before um, we're doing this this team, so we'll go, obviously, the three he's got up. But he's just a manager who just knows how to get the job done. Um He's, he's very much a man who, who who loves the playoffs. You know, he won it with uh, Huddersfield. He won it with Preston. He got Leeds up when he was under some serious pressure. Um, he's a big Leeds fan as well. And he, he, in the Championship, he's always had the the get to t- get a team to an average spot really. Um, but take nothing away, his, his, his League One record is absolutely phenomenal. Um, his football might not be at times great. Sometimes it is very good to watch. And it might not be as good as Wilder or Cottrell's teams, as I said, but his his honours and, and his CV 
but it beat, beats them all, so that's why he's the manager. Yeah, if you say to me, think of um, the best league with manager, there's two names spring to my mind and, and like instantly, and Grayson is one of them. I'm not going to say the other ones, I will actually have him as manager of my team unless Joe takes him. Joe, who's your manager for your team? Uh, I mean, I could stay biased and pick my class, but I'm not going to. I'm, I'm going to pick um, Kenny Jackett. Oh. Um, <laughs> who's a... Uh, yeah, I mean, again, talk about consistent. I mean, Grayson probably would be mine, though, considering he's had four promotions from this division. It's ridiculous, but, um, you know, Jacket isn't far behind. Um, Millwall with Wolves. Potentially Portsmouth. Um, they're obviously going into the playoffs. I mean, could have a chance to get a third promotion from this level. Um, and actually hasn't done too badly at championship level as well. You talk about Grayson. Maybe hasn't proved himself at that level as much. I think with Jacket, he did pretty well with Wolves and, and Millwall whilst he was... Um, whilst he was managing in the championship there. Um, so, yeah, he'd probably be uh, my manager. Yeah, um, I can't argue that. He was the other manager and I, I thought of when you say best league one manager ever there, the two I think of, Grayson and Jacket. But I'm going to go with, um, for my manager, he can be assisted by McElhamay, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with um, Chris Wilder, like Ozzy said. He um he had a very successful stint at Northampton before moving to Sheffield United head of the 16-17 season. And then started off the start of the season with three defeats, I think. And then he was nearly gone as well. Yeah, all snaps. all the Sheffield United fans are thinking, well, why are we giving this bloke who's only managed in League Two the job at a club like this? We've already had years of misery with Adkins and other managers, and they're just getting a bit fed up being stuck in League One. But then after those first three games, it was all history. They absolutely blitzed the league. Goals coming from everywhere. The famous overlapping centre backs. And uh, um, the three-five-two formation with centre backs overlapping, wing backs going forward, uh, Fleck in midfield, pretty sharp bagging in the goals. It's just such a brilliant team to watch, and I think they're, they're probably one of the biggest like League One entertainers. The way they just absolutely destroyed um, teams. There's one game which I think of. Um, they played. I think it's just after they got promoted. They played Milton Keynes Dons away. They won 3 0, and Billy Sharp scored two absolute bangers yeah, that yeah. game. And I just yeah. think that summed up that season under um, Chris Wilde at Sheffield United. Just playing entertaining, sort of just like, in a way, taking the mickey out of the team you're playing against. Just they're so much done tactically better than the other team, and be able to just pick them apart. Like, who, who, like, how, do you friend, how do you defend against overlapping centre backs? I think it's really actually interesting to see how teams in the Premier League do that if um, they keep. Um, the similar tactics to what they've had um, in the lower divisions with Wilder, Sheffield United. If they if they take someone like that to Man City, Liverpool, I think I'm not saying they won't be able to deal with it. I think it'd be interesting how you do set up against the best teams in the country. It is a hard thing to stop. There's not many teams do. I think only really Sheffield United do do it. And yeah, I think Wilder just for the just how quick, how like confidently they won the league, Sheffield United. I think he's my manager of the decade. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. If you have made it through all this way, I, we do appreciate it. Any feedback, of course, would be um, welcomed as always. Thank you for coming on and naming your team, Matt. Uh, no problem at any time. And same to you, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got And that is the end of the episode. Follow us on Twitter at L1Lowdown, Instagram at L1Lowdown, and Facebook, uh, League One Lowdown page. Thank you, and good